Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. From hawkfanatic.com, here's Pat Hardy. Morning, Pat. Good morning. Yeah. Nice sunny day out there, a little chilly. A little chilly. What's the high today? Uh, supposed to be... 45 uh, or something? Yeah, it got low, cold last night. Low 40s. It got cold last night. My heat well, clicked on a couple times. The wind chill this morning was down to 19. That doesn't surprise me. No. It's uh, 22, the wind chill. It's 33 out there. But up, this up weekend will, will be nice. Yeah, we'll be in the, in 70s, the 70s. In the first part of next week in the 70s. Air conditioning. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> go from one. I was surprised when you called me yesterday. Why? About the, uh, I just happened to be driving in the car and, and I was listening. I mean, I it don't, was crap. I don't, I don't always have the radio on, especially that time of day. I don't really. No offense, guys. I don't listen, but I just happened to have it no on. Offense taken. And um, well, wasn't it in the afternoon? Yeah, it was I think noon. it was even after the. It, hail- was, it was noon. Oh, okay. I thought it was later. Yeah. Uh-uh. Um, Tommy, I listened religiously. Haylang, two hours of day. I injected into my veins. <laughs> But um, I just was surprised. I'm not surprised that you guys were. I mean, you guys have ran conservative political. Ad. I mean, yeah. hell, if they pay and they do it. If it's a political. But this ad. was just. It was, it was just nonsense. It was just propaganda. Yes. Yeah. And I was just surprised. And I called. I was Steve. actually calling to sort of make fun of you guys. But then I realized I thought maybe Captain didn't know it was on. And I was going to have fun with it. But you guys were obviously already. No, I had called Steve a few minutes before yep. you did. And yeah, that pissed me off. There was no joking around. No. no. Well, and I called up uh, the network, and I was expecting a fight. You know, well, you've got a contract. And, and she goes, well, I don't blame <laughs> She goes, I don't blame you. I'm sure we'll cancel culture, <laughs> scared libtards, go yeah. hide. I'm sure we'll get that. Yeah, I don't care. From an element, but I don't care either. No, nope, don't yeah. care. I just don't care. Yeah, I am but- not airing that, that crap. That's our license, and we're not airing garbage. No. Nope. Not like that. That's just, you know, uh, we can't turn down political ads. Yeah, I had a guy the other day, this Bro. wasn't politics, but I had a guy quit following me on Twitter, an Iowa fan, because he's pissed that I disagreed with his t- He was just, uh, he's one of these guys who just says Petrus is not their best quarterback. Ferentz is too stubborn. Well, how does he know? And I just said, how do you know that? And he's like, well, we're just going to be like we always are. We're going to be a 7-5 and five team because we're not playing the best QBs. He went all the way back to Banks and McCann, even though we've I've talked to Brad Banks, and Brad yes. said he was not ready to be the starter. Said in that on the station. Said it on the stage. Said he didn't know the entire offense. And if you remember, Brad struggled down the end of the old one. Remember yep. when he stepped out of bounds against Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah. He struggled, but this guy just insisted that he was right, and he just kept going. Then he kept throwing numbers up. You know, we're just a 7-5 and five program under Kirk. Yawn. I'm like, okay, well, they've won 12 of their last 15 games. They won 10 games in 19. They won 9 games. I'm like, if you're going to come at me, Come at me with just accurate facts. 
or just move on. And he's like, yep. well, okay, I'll take your great advice and move on. I'm going to unfollow you. And I'm like, oh, is that punishment? And then I, I mean, I mean, it's just, what's so funny is the people that accuse you of cancel culture are the ones who cancel. Yes. You yes. know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I block people on Twitter, but the people I block are the people that just persist on just trying to get under my skin. Why put up with them? You know, yeah. no need to. Yeah. But this was just a discussion that we were disagreeing with, and he didn't like that I was throwing facts at him. And I've been critical of Iowa football before, but, you know, they did win 10 games in 19. They did win nine games in 18. I mean, you got to at least use facts if you're going to try to argue something, but whatever. They won 12 games in 15. Yeah. And. So yeah, the, to say that they are just a seven and five. Now I will say this year, I think I'm going to probably win seven or eight games this year. Yeah, I think. But so. if they can go eight and four and win a bowl game and go nine and four, I know some people are bored with that. But hey, I mean, it's it's could a be lot worse. of teams would kill for that. Yeah, the biggest problem Iowa has now is it's it'll be a nine and four under a coach in his twenty third year. Yeah, you combine those together. I'm not saying Kirk should be. I, I'm I'm no problem with Kirk. I mean, hello, hello. Eh, there's a lot of weird people in this world. I wish that Michigan had played against us the way they played last night. Their last five minutes, they couldn't hit anything. And yeah, what they missed their last eight shots? Well, it has oh, something to do with goodness. the defense. Yeah, something sure. to do with the defense. Shots that they were just making like mad when they has, played us. It has something to do with the defense. It does. Played. So it's not well, just. Well, that probably could have been no. thrown off. But uh, um, Wagner at the end, when he threw that one, there wasn't anybody around him. He just kind of looked. Threw the ball. I think he panicked. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you think UCLA can do very well against Gonzaga? Gonzaga looked pretty good. I'll pick Gonzaga to win. I would, too. I mean, I would pick him to win, but who knows? I I would like UCLA to win only because Alford's not there. I, 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 I would never, prefer. I'd like to see UCLA. Oh, sure. I'd like to see UCLA, obviously, and I'd like to see them win it. They're, my, they're the team I'm cheering for. And I'll tell you, Johnny Juzang is something. I mean, he is yeah. something. I mean, he's an NBA player waiting to happen. I didn't realize how good he was. It's quite a name. It is a name. Sounds like a like a disc jockey. <laughs> Live at three with Johnny Juzang. And did you ever? Did you ever Johnny Jew. Did you see the the game of Baylor, uh, the women Baylor and no, UConn? I did not. No, nope. not that I was. It was not, a heck of a game. Not who won? Well, their, their top UConn. scorer, Baylor's top scorer, went down with a pulled knee muscle and. That kind of threw them off. Otherwise, I think they would have beaten UConn. Yeah. And Paige scored 28. Now that I was not in it, I don't pay near as much No, not really. But. Yeah. So who are you picking to win the win it all? Men or women? Uh, both. Men, I'll pick Baylor. That's not who I want. but I, I, Yeah, probably. I don't know why I'm not picking Gonzaga. To me, it just seems too obvious. So I'm going to try to do something a little less obvious. And for the women, you pick. I don't even know um, UConn. I'll go with I'll go with UConn. Who are they but playing? I, I, don't, um, I haven't seen the pairing. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I, I, well, I don't South Carolina looked pretty good. Well, they're awfully good. How many teams are left? Four. Yeah. UConn, yeah, South Carolina. Stanford. Stanford's in there. Yeah, I don't have a. I don't have. And a Arizona's the upstart. Yeah, I don't have a feeling. I I would. I guess it's just easy to pick UConn. I so guess. it's three number ones, and Arizona's the Cinderella. Yeah. 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 Okay, guys. Well, right. this weekend I'm going to finally go and watch uh, the softball team. Good. They're, cool. yeah, they're playing well. Last Enjoy. I, last I looked, yeah. they were ten and six. Supposed to be a good, uh, good weather, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. This yeah. Real good. Yeah. Yep. Seventies. Uh, okay, Duke. Well, All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Karen.
Okay, we're going to have Bob Pascuzzi on at 9.15 to talk about the release of the Ravine coming out on April 2nd. And then, of course, after that, we got a lot, I mean, with all the basketball news yesterday, um, of course, the big news, Nunji. Yeah. That took everyone by surprise. Yeah. I mean, I know it did because, I, t- I mean, they, they did not see that coming. But it makes sense. He's four years into it, but, boy, what a blow. I mean. He's had just such bad luck here. Yep. I'll tell you what, they better hit the portal or they're going to be in trouble. Oh, my God, yes. And I, well, I mean, they know it. But the big, the big, the most of the really good big men in the portal have shown no interest in Iowa. Of course, at that time, we didn't have any playing time yeah, but, much to offer them. But still, I mean, John Hara listed 19 schools. Yeah. And, and Iowa did have a lot of playing time to offer, I mean, without Luca Garza. Um, but the Miles Johnson looks like he's going to Stanford from everything that I've read. And that makes sense because I think his decision has as much to do with academics as it does basketball. He's a very bright kid. And, yeah, um, I've been reading from the Rutgers angle. That's where they feel he's going. That's about the only school that's even mentioned. And those, I looked up those big guys from eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. They don't have any mention of Iowa. I mean, they're most, it sounds like they want to stay on the West Coast or play for a Blue Blood. So we'll see. But there's not a lot of proven big men out there that aren't linked to certain schools. So it's going to be interesting to see. If they got the guy from Loyola, maybe they can – Make a play for him, but I'm sure there's going to be other schools after him. Well, we shall see. Uh, how weird would it be if uh, Nate Reavers wanted to come to Iowa? Uh, it would be weird, um, and he would help, but they, I mean, Nate Reavers was not very good this year. No, he wasn't. I mean, he averaged like seven, eight points a game, and he was just, most of the times I watched, he was just not real good. But he's a body. I mean, he's more obviously more established than Josh Agondale, so it will be interesting to see. I think they – and Bohannon, I know he put that th- – that thing's not going to pass on Thursday. No. It's, uh-uh. I don't know what – I was really confused by that thing because the, all the politicians are out saying it probably won't pass ultimately. I don't, think, I don't think the Republicans or Democrats are really behind it that much. I think the I Democrats are behind so. it a little more than the Republicans are. But Jordan said in his thing, if it passes on Thursday, it was almost like he was issuing an ultimatum. Yeah. And I just looked at that, and I'm like, this is confusing, but that's not going to pass. So – I don't anticipate him being back. I mean, if you came back as a shooter only, I, you know. But that's not what he would come back as their point guard and play 30 minutes a game probably. The problem with him coming back is you're probably going to lose Toussaint. And, yeah, and we can't afford that. No, and you might even lose Euless if he would come yep. back. Cause, yep. so, but no, it doesn't look like if he's basing it on that, just on the likeness, and it doesn't look like that's going to pass, so I guess he won't come back. So. I don't know. That was uh, I, it was odd. It was a little odd, yeah, because it just didn't make sense because you knew it wasn't going to pass on Thursday, and that's kind of what he said on his thing. And then he just made – he was on podcast and radio show. He did like three radio shows in like an hour. Well, Jordan uh, likes the media. And I think he actually broke the news on a podcast on Shelly Tills. I think she was the first one that had it, that he, that's what he wants to do, but – it just, like I said, it just didn't make any sense to me if he's basing it all on that thing being passed because it's not going to be passed. No, it's not. On Thursday, or nor will it probably mm-hmm. ever be passed. Um, by the way, before we go to our guest, a quick uh, note. Uh, I've been told by some friends in Des Moines that Mouth of the Midwest is uh, uh, requesting to do a uh, podcast from inside called... <laughs> Are you from, serious? F- yes, from the inside. Good God. Oh, God. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Oh my God! 
I've got uh, Bob Pasquale. Bob, how you doing, Bob? We got Bob Pascuzzi, my old. Yeah, Pascuzzi. Pascuzzi. What'd you call him, Pasquale? Pasquale. <laughs> How's that pizza company coming? <laughs> we actually had. Um, I'm sorry. My family's business, the Skeffingtons, they used to have a guy who used to mend all the tuxedos, and, th- and his name was Pasquale. That's what made me think. Yeah. Of. Well, Bob, how you doing? Good, guys. Um, well, um, this has got to be pretty exciting times for you. I know the release is coming out. I, I've, li- I've read some stuff, Bob, reviews, and then that review you sent me was very positive. Just talk about the reception you're getting, and let's just kind of re-educate our listeners kind of what, what, what's going on here with your movie, The Ravine. Yeah, so we're set to uh, release the movie uh, Friday, April 2nd, in uh, Overland Park, Kansas, Liberty, Missouri, Ankeny, Iowa. Des Moines suburb, and then up in Sioux City, Iowa. So we're all ready to rock and roll and let this baby fly. So we're excited to get it to get it out there. We're gonna we're doing a, what is known as a targeted platform release, guys, where we've we've target marketed these communities where we think we can garner a lot of support, get people out to the theaters. The objective on opening weekend, like all movies, is to get it up high on the average revenue per screen on box office mojo those are typically the films that garner the most uh, attention okay uh, if you will from the media and then use that with all the reviews people talking about it on social media to push it wider and wider and go in more and more theaters uh, in the following weekends well one of the things that i've read bob and the review from the guy in des moines was you've um i what he said was interesting he said that this movie is in a category where lots of times i don't give these movies high grades, but he said yours was different because the writing was great, the directing was great, the acting was great, and he made it sound like you really did a great job of finding the right people to make this work. Talk about how important that was. Right. Well, Mike Woody, I think, is who you're referring to. Yes. He reviewed the movie. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, everything came together, and, you, and it's the manifestation in the film is we had the right people from the actors to Keone Waxman who directed the film, um, you know, Nathan Wilson lighting. We had the gentleman from the Game of Thrones. Most people know Ramin Jawadi, who did our score, our music. He, he did Game of Thrones, Iron yeah. Man. So, you know, everybody that came into this project were just top players, and it all came together. And I think he, you know, when he watched the film, that's, you know, he had the awareness to know, hey, this is a big movie. Um, everything is A plus in it, and the acting was fantastic. And the story came, because of that, the story that we wanted to have the message we wanted to have in the film was delivered and it was delivered very impactfully. And that's what he, uh, that's what he felt. And for our listeners, kind of, can you kind of refamiliarize them with what, what the story is all about and what the message is that you're trying to send? Yeah. I mean, the ravine, it, so the movie is going to reveal a crime that, that left Kelly and I, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, true events basically. And something, a period of time that we went through our family, but it left Kelly and I and everybody just floored, you know, be, you know, bewildered. Mm-hmm. Why did this happen? Everybody's just devastated. And, and so the story is basically an inspiration. I think it's an inspiration about how forgiveness over the things we can't control opens an opportunity, you know, for for us to move on, for an opportunity for acceptance, healing, you know, and, and being able to look at the future and say, hey, there's still hope. And that's that's the whole thing, but you got to shift. And I think so many people, whether it's something like this or, you know, going through COVID, everybody's been impacted mm-hmm. over the last year. So our, I think our story coming out on Easter in this period of time is very timely as far as delivering the message. But 
it's basically, hey, how do you move on? You know, life moves on, and so we either get stuck and and go in the wrong direction, or we we figure out a way to you know keep moving forward. And that's what this I think the story is is an inspiration for people to say, hey, no matter what's happened, you know, I can move forward, and there's a way to do that. And I think Mitch and Carolyn in the movie they show people how to do that at the end. So what was it like watching a movie of yourself, of seeing your somebody play you in a movie? What, I, that's, what yeah, was that it was, like? We, it, was, it, it has was to be weird. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah could, it was weird. Uh, my wife calls it surreal. I mean, you know, yeah, you guys can imagine. I mean, you're sitting there watching Eric Dane, and he's and, and here's a very intense scene that you remember because sure. you lived this thing, right? And, and he, you're watching him play this out um, behind the cameras, and it was, yeah, I mean... So many different emotions, you know, but um, I, I would say at the same time, I'm, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Like, we're, we're doing this, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, I, I know that I think for Kelly and I, for both, with Terry Polo playing Kelly and Eric playing me, I, I also had a sense of, like, I, I felt assured um, that watching these guys in, from scene to scene to scene, I knew we were in good hands. Like these guys are professionals. They know what they're doing. They get it. They, they understand our vision here. And I, I just felt, I knew that it was all going to come together. So I think there was a lot of reassurance that we, we had the right people. Did they nail some of your uh, individual mannerisms and stuff that did they get real detailed on that? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, that's a good question. Um, I think they did for sure. I think they were very observant. Um, watching Kelly and I just around the set, off the set. We you know, we went to dinner, we spent a lot of time with these guys. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they're they're pros, right? I mean, they were they were watching how we interacted and I know uh, Eric made a comment about that that he really paid attention to how Kelly and I interacted uh off the set. And I thought they I thought they did a good job bringing that to the to the the different scenes. I think Eric really captured the emotion that I went through sometimes with the frustration of trying to figure out why did this happen mm-hmm. um, and just being, you know, really, really uh, emotional. There's a couple of scenes that I felt like, okay, this is going to be really important. Uh, I didn't have to say a word. He just, he nailed it. He knew what, we, what, what he needed to do. And the same thing with Terry, you guys will see it when you eventually see the movie. They really brought the emotion. So yeah, they, so they did were all, great. Did all the emotions that you felt at the time? Did those come rushing back when you saw the scenes? No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, it just yeah, it brought it all back up, right? I mean, especially for my wife, a couple of these scenes in the movie are super intense, um, and especially the funeral. I mean. In real life, that was probably one of the, I mean, it, I don't think probably it was the worst thing we ever had to go through. But, yeah, can you, I mean, can you sum up, for sure. Can you, can you sum up what the movie is is about for people? People are asking in, the, in our chat room. Our chat room. The, movie just... is about, the movie is about finding a way to move through tragedies, setbacks, um, things that we don't expect right mm-hmm. i mean we we all think we, we're going to control day in and day out how our, our life's going to go and we do all this planning but guess what you know and we have this in, in the movie leslie Eggham says this line life can change in an instant the ordinary instant and it happens day in and day out for people everywhere how do you respond to that how do you move on how do you find a new beginning um, when everything that you think you believe is just thrown out the window. In, in our situation, the most horrible, heinous thing that you can imagine, 
how do you how do you move on from that? How can you forgive? If you do, how do you do it? And how do you get through these things? That's what the message of the movie is. It's a kind of to me, it's a blueprint that there is a way to move through these things. And um, here's here's how we did it, and maybe you can learn from this. And what that's, what that's did you move? I guess what did you move through? What ha- what happened to you that the movie's based? on? Yeah, well, you're, you, I mean, you, you had a, a really good friend couple who you guys were close friends with. Just tell our listeners what. The, yeah, um, okay. Yeah, I thought you guys understood that part. Well, no, we yeah, we so, do. We just got some people in the chat room and some listeners that maybe don't 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 know the, all the oh, facts. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, this is a this was my wife's best friend since sixth grade, and she marries this guy, and because of that, you know, we get to know each other, and our kids grow up together, and this is a tw- I knew him for over twenty years. So, you know, Pat would be like some guy you went to high school sure. with and you spent a lot of time with. He's just a great guy. And bang, out of nowhere, we get a call one morning that he's murdered his wife and his uh, 11-year-old son and then taken his own life by driving over 80 miles an hour over this ravine into this, you know, rock quarry and shot himself at the same time. And so, bang, that's we wake up that morning with that news. Oh. Uh, so the story is is about, so it's not, you know, the movie starts with Danny at the ravine. He's going over the precipice, you know. Um, and so it's not who who did it. We know who did it. Mm-hmm. It's why did he do it. And then how do Mitch and Carol and these two main characters move through this journey and, again, get to a place where they can, they can move on with peace, you know, with sure. acceptance of this whole thing. When you don't, you know, when this thing happened in reality, guys, I, I mean, you know, I didn't know how we were going to handle this. I mean, you know, it's like, you could you could go. Hey, I'm, I hope this guy burns in hell. Right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people end up doing that. They get stuck in negative emotions, and it it just it's a shackle on their life. And so, this is a this is a blueprint, I think, uh, of how we can move on. And it's an inspiration of how to do that. That's really what the movie delivers. Bob, I got to ask you. I mean, one of the reasons you and I ever met was our Catholic faith. We both. I mean, you grew up in Urbandale. I grew up in Beaverdale. We didn't know each other before. Dallin, we got together because of we went to the same Catholic school. I'm curious, when this happened, did you ever question your faith at all? Did you ever just look up and say, what the hell is going on? Did, did you ever have any moments like that? After this happened, you mean? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there, there were periods where you're just like, holy crap, you know, how did, uh, you know, everything you believe is is challenged, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, and there's uncertainty. It's like, man, you know, and I think this really hit with Kelly, you know, it's like, man, you know, how did this happen? How, how could God let something like this happen? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I think it, that's common. I think for people, that's, that's a natural reaction. But what we learned is, you know, it didn't have anything to do with that. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, there, there's a quote from Dr. Wayne Dyer that goes like this. When you, when you change the way you look at something, what you look at changes. And we had to do that instead of, you know, Why'd you let this happen? It's, you know, what good could come out of this? And I think that's, you know, to us, you know, God promises in Romans 8.28 that he uses everything, even these kinds of tragedies, for the greater good. And I think the movie is the physical manifestation of that. Okay, well said. Because we took this really, really tragic event and turned it into what we think is a, is a really great thing that's going to help a lot of people. Bob, have you uh, been in discussions yet with some of the streaming services? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, no, we have. Yeah, it's all set to stream. All we did, guys, is we just postponed this, the streaming 
uh, because we want to make a run in the theaters. That was our uh-huh. dream sure. when we started this whole thing with the movie, and we shot it for the big screen, and you're going to see that when you see the movie, if you see it in a theater. Um, so we're going to make this run in theaters, um, and then we'll we'll announce a streaming date at some point here in the near future, and it'll be on most major streaming platforms. But um, what we need this weekend, everyone out there, is, is we are releasing the movie in Des Moines or Ankeny, Iowa. Mm-hmm. In Sioux City, Iowa. But if you're in these areas, get out to see the movie. Our objective this weekend, like any movie, is you've got to have a good opening weekend, right? Because sure, sure. that's going to be that's going to springboard you moving forward. We need um, as many people out to see the film. We need to get it up high on box office mojo for you know we need a great weekend at the box office for revenue, and that will give us those movies tend to garner most of the attention, right? The mm-hmm. the ones that are the highest up there on those charts. So we're focusing in only on these four markets, Overland Park, Kansas, Liberty, Missouri, Ankeny, Iowa, and Sioux City, Iowa, because we know we have a lot of support in those communities, and everybody's been great. And we get up high on these these charts for the opening weekend, and then we propel and, like, push out wider um, in subsequent weekends to more theaters. Well, I called my brother a couple days. You know, he's in Des Moines, and very well aware of it. He actually had heard you... Talking about it, I think you had done something maybe on the Catholic radio station down in Des Moines. Had you had, he thought he had remembered, but he says he's aware of it and he's spreading the word amongst the Dowling community. I mean, it's getting out there. <laughs> right, and, that's great. And yeah, just word of mouth is a big way to help this. I got to ask you, Bob, had you done, before you wrote that book, had you done much writing? I mean, I'm not sure what you've done over the years. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, yeah. I had no, I mean, I, hey, I'm, I'm a straightforward guy uh, with no ego on this. I had no idea what we were doing. I mean, literally, we didn't. I mean, you know, I hadn't even, I didn't even at the time, I didn't even really read novels. You know, I've, I've always been into biographies, sure. and self-help books and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, this was, you know, starting out with, with nothing. And I think, Pat, I'm glad you brought that up because what this really, one of the things that the paradigm, if you will, that came out of this for me, one of them, many things did, but one of them, and this is, I think, you know, a message for anybody out there is if you get emotionally involved with a big idea, this is the way I like to say it. If you can get emotionally involved with a big idea and you can see it done on the screen of your mind, um, it is, it, it's, it's going to happen. It's, it's how there are certain laws that govern everything. We don't have time to go into this, but there are certain laws that if you, the way I like to say it is if you plant a seed in the ground, right? If mm-hmm. you plant corn, and it gets the sun, sunshine, you know, rain, all of that. Well, what are we going to get in the fall? We're guaranteed we're going to get a crop. We're going to get corn. Mm-hmm. And if you can take that same concept and say, if I can plant a seed in my mind, and that's what we did with this book. We planted the seed. We held on to it. It took two and a half years. You know, God's delays are not God's denials. I love that. But it doesn't happen in our time frame a lot of times. And this is what happens to a lot of people is they get a big idea, they start moving towards it, oh, well, guess what, it didn't happen in my time frame. Well, mm-hmm. that's not how it works, right? So, But unfortunately, and I was an expert at this before this particular event, I would drop, I tended to drop off it because I would set a goal, oh, it didn't happen, oh, that just means it's not going to happen, and we, we let it go. Well, don't do that. My message to everybody out there is if somebody like Kelly and I could write this book, and now it's a critically acclaimed novel. Mm-hmm. You know, and and now and then we move to this movie, which was a pure fantasy. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at back at this, and now I see how the dots connect. 
Well, when you start out a big idea, you don't know how the dots are connected. You never do. You can only see them looking back. You just have to have faith that the dots will connect going forward. And that's what we did. We just hung on to this idea. And I always had this thing, you know, manifesting in my mind, percolating up there, if you will. Like once we got the book done, so many people would say, hey, have you ever thought about having this turned into a movie? I'd be like, well, yeah, I'd love to. I just don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody in Hollywood. Well, guess what? You know, a few years later, the dots start connecting. And now here, you know, here we are with a movie. So anything is possible. That's my message. Like, anything's possible. That, that's what I truly believe. That's my belief system now, that anything is possible. Now, what we're willing to do is much different. But if, if, to answer, I know this is a long answer to your question, but the, what I'm so inspired by and what, you know, what I've taught our kids, Johnny, for example. I mean, Pat, you know Johnny's going to go to Iowa to play football mm-hmm. this fall. And Johnny fell in love with the big idea. You know, he wanted to play Division One football since he was a little kid. And he had that picture in his mind. And, you know, bang, now he's, he's fulfilling his dream. He's going to get an opportunity to play football for the Hawkeyes. That's just another example of it. Mm-hmm. It's, they're, they're, they're everywhere. You know, they're everywhere. But it all starts in the mind. And that's how we got that book going. And that's how we attract it. Inevitably, we attracted the right people. To get a big idea done, it's all about having the right people, mm-hmm. the right resources. But if you'll stay the course like we did with this, and just, you know, there's so many escape hatches, right, on these big ideas. Mm-hmm. When you're going after something big, there's always opportunities to bail out. And sure. if you'll just stay the course, that's what we did. And that's and the challenge. where we are today because of that. So is uh, Johnny on campus yet, or does he come in in the fall? He's coming in June. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Oh, that's that's good but, to hear. Uh, what kind of dog in, do you have? Yeah, he'll be up there in early June. Okay, what, okay, kind, of, great. what kind of dog do you have? Uh, we, his name's Prince. He, really, he is a prince. I think he rules the household. <laughs> but he is a miniature Australian Labrador. Oh, okay. okay. Oh. I used to have an Australian Shepherd. <laughs> Bob, I wanted to ask you, yeah. do you remember the day you sat down and actually put pen to paper and tried started writing the first words of what would turn out to be this book. And once you got going, how often did you work on it every day? How did you find the time? <laughs> the answer is yes. I actually absolutely remember the first day sitting at the kitchen table with Kelly. Um, and how we found the time was we just made the time. Okay. You know, we all have, I like the saying, we all have all the time that there is. It's just, how are we going to use it? We just made the time. We didn't have the time. We just, we crammed it in, and most of it happened, you guys. I mean, back then, the kids were, you know, much younger than grade school, so we were busy with everything and sports and everything. But most of it happened after 9 o'clock. I mean, after kids were in bed, sure. 9, 10 mm-hmm. o'clock, and then we would jump into this. And so there's a lot of late nights. Uh, we worked with uh, a couple different ghost writers. We, the last guy we worked with on the book, Michael Fragnito, really – Really helped us. Like he really embraced what we were trying to do. We had we had two years of this, guys. Going back to what I just said, it always does. It doesn't happen. Uh, a lot of the ways we we hope it or think it might. We were two years into this, and the script on the book, uh, the manuscript was bad. It was. I mean, <laughs> it was just really. It was. It was really bad. We had some reviews of it, and nobody was like. It was very very poor feedback, but. It wasn't until we met Michael, we worked with him. He helped us, like, turn the story into the story it's in today. He really embraced what we were trying to accomplish. So we went, 
you know, six more months um, with him, and then we got the book in the forms that it is today. So, um, you know, it's like that. Sometimes you don't know. It's like you're coming around third base, but it takes forever to get to home plate. So don't drop off these big ideas. Stay with them. Find the time. If you, you know, we have all the time we need for anything that's important to us, and what, you know how it is, you guys. Sure, we'll make sure. the time if it's important. Uh, Bob, can you share with us what the budget for the film was, and were you able to keep within the budget? Uh, nobody ever stays within a budget <laughs> on, a, on a film. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Uh, they told us that going in, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, no, we didn't stay within a budget. But, you know, we did a pretty good job. I, I, I can't really get into the specific numbers, but sure. I can tell you guys, this is a multi-million dollar production. So this is a, it's a big movie with A-list actors, A-list composer, and, um, yeah, get out and see it because you guys are going to love the Oh, we're definitely going to Oh, when we get the chance, you are definitely going to. And so, Bob, do you think you guys are going to drive to Des Moines this weekend and and meet me at the 7 o'clock showing? I'm going to be in Ankeny. Um, Kelly and I and the director, Keone Waxman, a couple of the cast, we're going to be in Des Moines for the 7 p.m. showing. Uh, we'll probably get there around 6 o'clock, and we're going to do like a Q&A and book signing and everything. So come on out if you can join us. So that's that's in Ankeny, right? That's a th- what theater right. in Ankeny is it? It's the B&B Theater in Ankeny. Okay. B&B, okay. like B&B 12 or something like that, but uh, it's B&B Theater, so you can just go to bnbtheater.com. Okay. Well, I, like I said, I'm gonna I'm trying to spread the word. With his, I still have a lot of family in Des Moines, and my brother and his wife are still very active in the Dowling community. Obviously, this stretches way beyond the Dowling community and what have you. But, no, we are doing our best to try to spread the word. And I want to ask you, do you think you'll ever look at a movie the same again now that you know so much about what goes into making a movie? No, you never do. It's, it's just, That's a great question. You see it from a totally different lens because um, you're always thinking about what's going on behind the scenes and what they're really doing. And so... It, it gave me a whole different new paradigm about watching a movie. Um, it, I think what happens is a lot of times you're you're analyzing the movie, um, and it's what I found is that it takes you out of the movie sometimes because you're thinking about all the things that are going on that you know are happening behind the scenes that before I'd been on a movie set, I had no idea. So, uh, yeah, totally look at it different, and you. I think you evaluate the movie a lot differently. Now, at least I know I think Kelly and I do. Sure. No, could mm-hmm. you see yourself ever writing another book now that you've done it once? Well, I mean, I do have two other books out there. One's uh, a motivational book. Okay, that's uh, right. Okay, okay, you're right. Yeah. So, uh, I yeah, mean... I don't have any plans right now to write another book. Um, I think what I do have plans for is uh, more movies. So, what? just an update on that... Um, I've been working on the script for the last year with Keone Waxman, who directed this film. Uh, we've been working on a, give you a little, uh, a little commercial here. So we're working on a World War II movie, and um, I'm really excited about it. It's about a particular, one of the bigger battles in World War II, and we've got some interesting subplots going on with this. But we're, we're turning, we're into the script right now. Interesting. Oh, so great. I'm excited to see where that's going to land. And I, you know, I, I believe that the ravine will help us, you know, get some street sure. crud and, and then go from there with this, this new idea. And the other thing, you guys, Kelly's working on a documentary where it's going to be a documentary on, on grief and how do you move through sudden death grief. And um, real life examples of that. So that I think that's something that there, there's going to be a widely 
um, accepted and people are looking at this. Is just, you don't find things like that out there, and I think it's timely. So she's been working on that for the last six months. How did you pick World War II? I, were you into World I don't remember in high school. Were you into World War II stuff, history? How did that come, come to be? Well, I mean, I, I guess I've always been kind of a history buff. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. I, I, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say buff. I'd probably say an, an, uh, enthusiast, and maybe is a better word. But but so this is how it happened, guys. It, it actually happened. This idea came to me the same way that the idea to write the book, The Ravine, came to me. It was on a plane. And I just I had this, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. People call it a lightning bolt or something happens where, mm-hmm. bang, they just know they need to do something. That's what started the ravine, and I had a similar uh, experience about a year ago that this idea for this movie, this World War II movie, came to me. And one of the side notes here, I always act on my intuition now. Before, I used to, you know, I would discount it, or I'd try to over-evaluate things, and then you're just stuck. You never move forward. What I've learned in studying with people like Bob Proctor is that, you know, the intuition is a higher faculty, and it's one of the things that distinguishes us from all other life forms. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a reason we have the intuition. It's To me, it's God's way of communicating to us, spirit, whatever you want to call it. But the thing is, the, the intuition is only good if we act on it. So when we get these ideas, I just act on things now. I don't over-evaluate. I just know, bang, I'm not, you know, if I have an intuitive thought, whether it is to do this or do that or call this person or whatever it is, I just do it immediately. And um, that's what happened with this World War II script, and here we are a year into it. And I can't wait to see this thing come out now. Oh, I can't either. This, this is going to be a big big movie, great story. Um, so, yeah, that's how it happened. Well, keep in touch with us on that. Keep in touch with us on the streaming stuff because we, we want to let our listeners know when it's available, because Tom and Captain here, you guys are big streamers. I mean, it's how you watch yeah, most of your stuff. Absolutely, and also a big history buff. So I'll look forward to, to your work on that, and uh, that'll be great. You know, Bob, I've always, I don't know if you remember this. I've always been a Vietnam War. Uh, like, I'm just, I'm just curious. You think there's something you may do in that? I've always had just, I've, I've – I've, I don't want to say I love the Vietnam War. That's pretty – I've always had a real strong interest. i got a ton of books about it. I'm just curious. Does the Vietnam War have any interest to you? It does. I mean, I'm I'm in I'm an enthusiast for all all uh, history. Um, I haven't got to that, but I don't. You know, after we get this done, who knows where where this could go? Um, I, you know, I I love a lot of these World War II movies. Like one of my favorites is Saving Private Ryan, sure. and, and I've always, I can tell you what my big idea now is, or my big fantasy has moved on to. I'd love to do a movie, a World War II movie, with Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg because those guys. Are huge uh, supporters of veterans of, yeah. of World War II. They've done amazing and, work. Um, yep. Yeah, I, my 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 objective is to get this script in front of those guys um, in hopes that they would uh, join us in delivering the, the, uh, that movie. Boy, wouldn't that be? Boy, wild. that would be. That would be, that really, would be something. This That'd is be... really. This is cr- kind of crazy. I mean, I've made my living writing all my life, and here you are. And I've had family members say, you know, you need to write a book on certain things, Hawkeye sports. And I just have never been able to do what you did, sit down at the table. I always find reasons not to do it, you know, and, and then you have been able to do it. And I really admire that. Now, sadly, it took a tragedy for you to do this. But still, obviously, you learned something. You and your wife, I'm sure, learned something about yourselves, didn't you, during this process that maybe you didn't know you had in you? Or or, my, or did you oh, always yeah. think? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I well, I kind of touched on a little bit ago, 
in the fact that I think what we learned is um, anything's possible. Sure. Like, you know, we can do anything. We can be anything. We can have anything. Um, there are no limits. The, the only limits are the limits we self-impose in our own mind. That's that's really what it is. No, we, and it all well goes said. back to our self-image, our self-concept, what we think we as individuals are capable of. No, that's you're... what holds people back. They just don't have the self-image. You know, I'm sitting here talking about, yeah, I'd love to do a movie with Tom Hanks. And see the reason I'm saying that now, now what, would I have said that before four years ago before we started this movie with the ravine? Well, no. But my self-image, my self-concept has grown and evolved, obviously, so sure. much to now to the point where I actually think that's possible. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always, when I talk and I do a lot of uh, talk, you know, talking with people and motivational speaking and things like that, but I always tell people, hey, just get an idea, get, get involved in a big idea and stay with it and then keep emotionalizing it in your mind because that's the creative process. Did you guys see the movie The Secret that was out about 10 years ago that... Uh, about a half billion people watched, and it starred Bob Proctor. I, I, I did one not. Of the people in it. Uh, uh-uh. No, what was well, the secret? Was was this whole? It, it was more done as a documentary, but it was this whole thing about how to manifest things in your life, and that this isn't hocus pocus; it's real. And there is a blueprint for this. And if you, it's like anything. If you put the right ingredients, you're baking a cake, and you use the right ingredients and you're, you're very succinct with the ingredients, you're going to get the exact same cake over and over and over again. That's the premise of this, is that if you understand how the creative process works, it's not by luck or chance. Like, you look at somebody and you go, mm-hmm. wow, how'd they do this? Or how did that happen? Oh, they were lucky. Oh, yeah, they met this guy. Or, you know, and are you look at an athlete and they make it look so easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's just naturally talented. No, you don't see what happens behind the scenes, right? It's like Michael Jordan. Like when he did that documentary, I think that gave people a great insight into this guy's work ethic, his mindset, his drive, his passion for the game. Mm -hmm. That's what separated him. And if you look at any person at the top of their field, they have those characteristics. And they do whatever it takes. And that's that's the difference. It's, you know, it's the difference between becoming, are you interested or are you committed? There's a big difference. No, you're like right. Most sure. people are interested, but they're not committed. They're not committed to the point that they'll do whatever it takes. And that's, and they'll do whatever it takes, you guys, until it's there, like they've accomplished it. Like that's, that's a whole other level, and that's how we got, this, we got this movie done is because cause so many people ask us, like, how did you do this? You know, like you didn't know anybody in Hollywood. You, you live in Kansas City. You, you know, where'd you come up with the finance, all these things? We just made a decision that we were going to do this, and but we didn't know how. And see, that's what the secret teaches, is that you don't have to know how. Sure. You just have to know you're going to do it. I always thought you had to know how. I always thought, oh, I have to be able to set a goal and then go, oh, here's how the dots connect to, for me to be able to do that. I, you know, I, I thought I have to be you no know, before I start. How does this all work out? Well, guess what? It doesn't work that way. The big idea is you never know how, mm-hmm. right? You know, you guys think a quarter to me, you're probably going to go, like, I, we got to get this guy to shut up. But this is what I'm <laughs> passionate about. No, this is, this, I'm, this wow, is I'm fascinated by did. this. You know, and a great story, I was reading the story, you guys, because you, you like history. You know, when, when, when back in 1961, when John Kennedy asked Dr. Warner Von Braun, he created, the, you know, he was the architect yeah. mm-hmm. behind the Saturn V rocket that took us, the Apollo missions, to the moon and back. 
He asked him in 1961, what would it take to build a rocket to take a man to the moon and bring it back safely to Earth? And his answer was this, five words, the will to do it. It wasn't, you know, well, let's assemble the the most, you know, from around the world, the greatest scientists, the will to do it. See, the will is a higher faculty. The will is a higher, and that's something we all have. And it takes the will to get an, an idea on the screen of your mind and hold it. And you hold it through the use of your will. So you don't I, let it go. So in a way, it looks like, do you think this inspired your son, Johnny, in some ways? I mean, because you said he set out a goal that he wanted to play Division One football, and he watched what you guys did with this movie. Do you think it inspired him and showed him, hey, anything's possible if you work at it? I think without a doubt, yeah. I think without a doubt, for sure. I mean, we've never sat down and, just, and actually discussed it, but Johnny's been around us, obviously, all of our kids have, and I think, They've watched. Obviously, they're soaking this in. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, and I probably would have done the same thing back when I was their age. They laughed at us. I mean, they, you know, <laughs> oh, you guys don't know how to write a book. You know, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> you know, and then we got the book done, and then it was like, Kids. oh, you guys you guys don't know how to do a movie. You don't know any actors. I remember, I remember <laughs> when we told the boys, hey, you know what? We're going to be talking to uh, Ramin Jawadi today. Well, they were all huge Game of Thrones fans, so they knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, oh, you're not going to get him. Like, he's never going to do that. He's like, he works on big movies and blah, blah, blah. Well, then, we'll, you know, so then we end up getting him to do it. And see, that those things one after another, yeah, that they changed. I think and those guys, they start seeing this, and Johnny started studying the stuff that we study. We, uh, we actually hired Bob Proctor about four years ago to coach us because I wanted to learn more about this. Mm-hmm. And I've done a lot of self-help but I hadn't gotten the piece that he teaches. And the piece, the, te- the piece that Bob teaches, a lot of people teach it, but Bob does it in a way that um, I think is in plain English, and even Johnny could get this stuff. And Johnny, Johnny soaked this stuff in. And I think that's why all these things are, are happening for him. I mean, he was really into this before his senior season, and I think everything that he was doing – you know, he had the physical skills, but you know how this is, Pat. There's so many kids that have the physical sure, skills. Yeah. That's not the key ingredient. The key ingredient is the mindset, right? Yes. That's what separates the great players. That's what separates not just the athletes, but every top performer. It's the mindset. And that's what I believe Johnny has, and that's what that's what I think is going to give him the ed- an edge. It will give him an edge, I think, when he goes to the next level here in Iowa. But Long story short is, yeah, they definitely have, have taken this all in. And Johnny's also, what, 6'4"? What's he weigh right now? Just uh, give us an update, because I've been kind of keeping up on his training. I mean, um, just for the Iowa football fans, I mean, how big is he right now? Yeah, Johnny's a little over 6'4 now. He just went in for his physical, and he's uh, 230. So I think he's he's happy with his weight right now. I, uh, the coaches at Iowa told him not to try to put on any more weight. Uh, they wanted to pack on some additional pounds the way they wanted to do it, right? <laughs> so, sure. Um, so that's where he's at right now. But he's been working hard down here um, every day. He's I, one of the things I, I'm not, you know, trying to brag on my kid, but uh, what I'm proud of Johnny is his work ethic. Um, I really am. I'm really uh, inspired by his work ethic. So he's he's really he's chomping at the bit to get to Iowa City. I am too. I can't wait. To I see can't you guys wait. In Iowa no. City for It'll a football be great. Game. I'm looking so forward to it. And I'll tell you what. As somebody who didn't yeah. have the strongest work ethic myself. Um, I admire Johnny for what he's doing. And 
Johnny's also fortunate that he grew to six four and a half too. A lot of kids yep. have the work ethic, but they just don't have the physical tools. But no, it's a really neat story, Bob. And like I said, I'm, I'm going to do my best. To, I know I got family members that I think are going to be out there Saturday. Have you talked to many people from the from Dowling High School? Have Have you talked like to the administration out there to kind of get the word to the Dowling community? Have you had a chance to do that? We have. Okay. Yeah, we have. We have. Uh, and they've been helping out. They've been putting a lot of things out there. So in a lot of the, our former classmates, Pat, I know are rallying behind it. I think the 7 o'clock showing, I haven't looked in a few days, but I think it's pretty, if it's not sold out, it's, it's close to being sold out. Great, great. But there are, are other showtimes running um, on set Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday in, in Ankeny as well. So the community has been great. Um you know, I went to Briarcliff College, uh, now University, up in Sioux City, and they've just been, I mean, Briarcliff's just bent it over backwards for us. Uh, most of the showings up in Sioux City are already sold out. So, so did you, uh, if you, if you... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I can't remember. Did you go to Briarcliff to play baseball? I don't remember. I did. Okay. I did, yeah. So you didn't go to Grandview yeah, like so. everybody else did on our team except for me. <laughs> I thought, yeah. for, I mean, I, I, I kind of was ready to get away, you know, and get get out of town and try something different. So, uh, Briarcliff is, is a neat community. Oh, it uh, is. It, it's just very tight knit. This is, you know, how long has it been since I've been gone and just the support that they've rallied the community? They, they've just been incredible. So, did you pitch or what did you do for Briarcliff? Because I mean, remember you were. I pitched. Okay. Yeah, I did some pitching, but I played I played the outfield too. Okay, because yeah, um, yeah, I mean Bob yeah. and I spent a lot of time together. We were both pitchers. I remember Bob. We both made the varsity team as sophomores. Remember that you and I were the only sophomores on the varsity team. We spent a lot of time together in the dugout because you know, I mean, you did get to D eight sometimes. But you remember at Dowling, if you pitched, you obviously didn't do a lot else. And I remember you and I spent a lot of time having conversations in the dugouts over the years. Yes. We I mean, did. We had a lot of fun, didn't we? Yeah, we uh, did. So, so my mom will say we yeah, had. There's a lot of downtime for pitchers in between <laughs> yes. starts or whenever you get on the mound. Here, right? Yes, I remember talking with you time. about. I remember a lot of that still. Uh, oh, I remember talking to you about who's better between Molly Hatchet and Led Zeppelin, and the same arguments I have with these guys <laughs> yeah, here. We used go. to. No, we used to have a lot of fun. Pat McGinn, Doug Bauer. I mean, it brings back a lot of memories. And you know, our senior season didn't end the way we wanted it to, but you know, there's a lot worse things in life that can happen. But you've inspired me, man. I'll tell you what. You've inspired me. Hell, I may sit down someday and write something. This has been an inspiration for me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you again. I'll stay in touch. You stay in touch. And anytime you need any promotion, let us know. We are willing. We want to help you with this. Tom, did you have something? Uh, what does Johnny know? What number he's going to have yet? <laughs> mm, I don't know. I, I I've not discussed it with him, um, so I don't know the answer. To does he have that, a preference? Does he have a preference for a? What was his number in high school? Uh, his number in high school was, uh, he was eight. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. I'm looking forward to, because I've watched his video and I would describe him as a pass catching. I mean, he can block, but he's the kind of tight end that will fit really nicely in Iowa's offense. I'm really excited to meet him. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be. It's just going to be so weird covering the son of one of my former <laughs> high school baseball. It's just. It's going to be a weird experience, but I'm really looking forward to it, Bob. And hey, good luck with everything. Tell your family I said hi, and I'll be in touch. And like I said, anytime you need us to help spread the word, feel free to reach out to me. Hey, all right, all right, Pat, Tom, you guys, thanks so much for your support. It really means a lot, and uh, uh, we'll be talking. To you okay, Bob. You guys, update. All, all right. right, thank you okay. so much, Bob. Bye, good guys. luck. 
So the ravine is the name of the book and the name of the movie. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for it. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I can't. I have a feeling it. you guys. I have a feeling you're going to like this. I think you're going to like this movie. Oh, I'm. I am. Sure you know, it's kind of weird saying, "Oh, I think you're going to like this movie." About. Tra- I mean, it's a tragedy. It's a. See tra- the one. The one. Th- yeah, I'll, I'll watch the movie and I and I like it. The one thing I always. Not everything. I, I mean, okay, he made good out of it. Yeah. But what bothers me is when something terrible happens and then people go, well, there's always a bright side. Well, there is a bright side maybe for you, but there wasn't a bright side for the family. You no, know and I, I, think mean? That's, yeah. that's, yeah. I think that's part of their message. There's, you got to figure out how to live with that side that's not bright yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, yeah no you're right captain i mean yeah. and i mean and a lot and just from my okay i wanted to do this okay this is all i wanted to do since i was four but without luck i mean i didn't manifest uh my lawyer coming in and giving me a hundred and forty some thousand dollars either yeah. i didn't i did not man that was that was really luck. Um, I mean, luck. No, not really, not, because you had earned his trust and his faith that the money was going to be per- used exactly how it was intended. Well, and I think the key with Bob is a lot of people that get to the stage where Bob's got the manuscript and he goes to the ghostwriter, mm-hmm. it dies there. The ghostwriter will be, eh, something about that ghostwriter, he, he believed in this project well and it was the third ghostwriter that finally got it right bob who finally bought into the vision a lot of people would have maybe quit after the first or second sure. so no i and and i think that's part of bob's message and yeah and i do think luck is part of it too i think there is some but i think there's also perseverance and and resilience and just the ability to accept rejection and move on and kind of try to keep fighting i can so, accept yeah. rejection yeah so but no, it's just it, this has just been kind of surreal for me. I mean, just I mean, yeah. like I said, that's a guy who I met in ninth grade, and we did. I mean, we were both pitchers, and we spent if we weren't pitching, we were sitting on the bench. He did DH some. Bob was left-handed. He was a better hitter than I was, and he could hit. But we we did. We would we'd pitch a game, then we'd sit to pitch a game, sit to. There's a lot of discussion in the dugout about music, and I remember Bob would say, "You come up with some of the weirdest things." <laughs> I'm sure that probably doesn't surprise you guys. Not, not at all. He's like, <laughs> "You say some of the weirdest, strangest things," and I remember him telling my dad one time, and my dad's like, "Tell me something I don't know. I live with it." <laughs> and I remember saying, "What do you mean it?" He's like, "Sometimes you're an it," you know. And I, th- all these memories have kind of flashed back, you know, and it's just, but no, it's just, it's, it's a story with mixed emotions too. I think we all wish, and I think Bob would be the first one to tell you, he wishes this never would have happened. Oh, of course. I mean, this stuff happened sure. because his friends, I mean, a tragedy and it's yeah. just, but somehow maybe some good can come of this and it is inspiration. I do look forward to seeing it. And, well, and this, me too. this I, movie theater. Just so people know, because he says Ankeny. Ankeny is Des Moines, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's a well I worked yeah. in Ankeny. So. It's a suburb of Des Moines. I mean, yeah. people in Des Moines yeah. know you got Ankeny. But it's a twelveplex. It's a big. It's theater. a big theater. Yeah, no, it's and if it's sold yeah. out, that's a good sign. I wish I could be there Saturday, but I got to work. But 
got family that's going to go there. I just would like to go there just to, you know, shake Bob's hand and just see him again in person. But I think I'm going to see him a lot more over the next three, three to five years with Johnny here. Bob's going to come oh, up yeah. here. I'm going to have him come in here sometime. And oh, that'll be great. Yeah, no, I think I look forward to it. Because like I said, Bob and I had lost touch for 30 years until this happened. It'll be interesting um, to see three or four years down the line uh, Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg production of a Bob Pan- Bob, Pasquale, Bob Pasquale movie. <laughs> well, I don't know why. You know, honest to God, and I knew I was going to do that. I, I knew was- I was going to do that because I've been since I read your uh, tweet that he was going to be on. I've been going, hey, Pasquale, you know. But yeah, it's um, he does make a mean frozen pizza. <laughs> What was it uh, before it was... Uh, That's right. They do have a... They do. Okay, but wasn't it Pasquale's uh, Pizza Palace at one point in time? Instead uh, of Polly Eyes? Before it was Polly Eyes, wasn't not it? Not that I recall. Not that I recall. I, well, I've only been here I've since been the 90s. The, always been the Polly Eyes family. Yeah, but it used to be the Pizza Palace. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was Pasquale's Pizza Palace. I don't think so. Let's see where this call's taking us. I will hey, manifest that. Hey, Chris. <laughs> oh, hey, Chris. Hey, okay. It is a, a good call. Update. All right, All let's right. do it, Chris. Yeah. Let her rip. Good. Hey, uh, I talked to you last week, but since then, uh, Hawkeyes split on Saturday against Purdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, game one, Allison Ducey was a winning pitcher, and we won 4-2. to two. In game two, we lost 4-5 to five in 12 innings. Lauren Shaw started, and then my daughter Sarah came in in the seventh, and we got gave up a little too many hits, and uh, lost in the twelfth inning. We just we left the bases loaded, I think, three times, and runners on second and third three times. Yeah, that'll get you. That'll get you. That, that that got us. And then on Sunday, chilly, windy Sunday, Ducey got the start again, and our bats came alive. We went. We won eight to three. Yep. And this Denali Locker from Ogden, Iowa, is power. She, her nickname is Monster Truck. Girl <laughs> called Monster Truck. Okay. Well, Chris, she went three for four and hit a two-run homer. Chris, she's also the um, Hawk Fanatic Athlete of the Week, sponsored by Shields. She's she, on the front. She's on the front page of our website. She is hitting and also working out with the pitchers. So we hope to see her on the mound That's on great. the bump soon. That's great. Um. Hawkeyes are now ten and six, and we host Indiana for the home opener Friday at three, Saturday at one, and three thirty, and then Sunday at two. Okay. And the following week, following week, we head to at Wisconsin. I'm going to try to be out there for at least one softball game this weekend and talk to Tyler Devine about. It. But if you talk to Denali, tell her to get on the to tell her to look at the front of HawkFanatic.com. She's the big picture of her. Because we got Shields now as sponsoring our Hawkeye Athlete of the Week, and she, we picked yeah. her. I mean, just uh, we picked her this week, and uh, just tell her congratulations and thanks for the update. I will. I will transfer that information to Sarah, and she'll get it to her. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Shooter. All right. See you. Well, should we take a break and then yeah. come back, talk basketball? Well, and let's do it. Wherever else this road takes us. We'll be right back. One eight hundred. 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist, is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. 1-800-800-ROSE. It's so easy, just remember one number, 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember... 
for a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime. Find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. As for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate, one of us is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry, as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit DiamondDentalPC.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. Hey everybody, it's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert, and I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at bigdogsatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite TV experts. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time. We're going to get through this together. Car won't steer? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair work in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventive maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't steer, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at suples.net or call 337-2246. 
you see the same people there greeting you and they know you. I think of my cell phone. There's not a big distinction there from family to customers. Deary Brothers Lincoln of Iowa City. That kind of relationship that goes deep. Taking care of you, taking care of your vehicle. It's just that growing list of friends, frankly, that uh, that's kind of been the big payoff for me. The ownership experience is going to be four or five plus years. We have to be there for you. Deary Brothers Lincoln of Iowa City. Hi, this is Bill Eichstring of the Oxyok Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyok family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style breakfast Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxyokin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon. And we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyoke Inn in the heart of Amana. The Oxyoke from the Hurtine and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurtine and Stalker Jewelers, making memories, making KCJJ Weather brought to you by the Iowa City Burger Hall on the Ped Mall. Partly cloudy today. We'll get to a high of 42 this afternoon. The wind a little breezy at today out of the northwest at around 15 to 25. Clear tonight, 24 tomorrow. Mostly sunny, high of 45. We'll get back to the upper 50s on Friday. The weekend, sunny and dry. 70 Saturday, 74 Sunday. And we are going to hang on to the 70s through the first part of next week. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Right now it's 31. Hawk Fanatic. No, 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 no. No. Com. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, you're back. <laughs> we're back, Pat. Can you believe it? Yeah, we're on. God, we're on, it's after 10. We're, we're, we're going down the stretch here now. Stretch well, drive. Plenty of time to regress. But, um, but no, that was a good interview. I really enjoyed it. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed it. And again, we will give people the streaming information. Cause I have a, do you think more people will watch the stream than at theaters? I, I Probably do only, by far. Yeah, be, yeah, because of distribution. I mean, unless... Uh, well, plus we're still gets, in a pandemic. Well, yeah, pandemic. there's still yeah. three-quarters of the public doesn't yeah, go and to that, see movies And right those now. theaters have distancing. I mean, I went to the website, the yeah. social distancing. So, uh, yeah, the stream. Hey, Disney's uh, getting fantastic. And HBO Max, they're debuting major motion pictures that would have gone to to theaters uh, worldwide. And they're debuting it on streaming. And hey. they're making uh, the same amount of money. Well, it's really smart because they're <laughs> yeah. uh, doing the theatrical release and the yeah. HBO Max releases on the, at the same time. So, mm-hmm. so is Disney. So I mean, yeah, streaming will get. It's like the it's like the Carolyn Fowl movie. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. It did uh, it did okay. It was released uh, limited in theaters, but it really. Uh, paid itself back when it was when it was streamed on netflix mm-hmm. i mean that's it's just the way of the world now mm-hmm. 
That's quite a story. No, it really is. Like I said, yeah. Then when I brought that up earlier with you know with with the luck and everything, I think some people just don't have. I mean, they want something and they want it real bad, but you know they just were set up. If I would have listened to my parents, this is if any children are listening. Sometimes don't listen to your parents. <laughs> Because I was set up, I seriously was set up, especially by my mother, to fail. Um, I was given no encouragement. Uh, I'll be honest about it. I miss them. I love them. But I was given absolutely no encouragement. Yeah. Uh, there, are, But I, for some reason, my just my attitude. Was the same attitude for Mike and uh, your brother, your other brother? Yes. We were set up to, well, my, Jeff had, Jeff had mental, I mean, he was, when he got in his teens, he became schizophrenic and bipolar, uh, and that's what happens, and in, in, in most people, you know, that get into mm -hmm. that are into that in their teens, but no, we were not set up to succeed, um, and our personalities were such that we fought back on it. But a lot of people can't. Mm -hmm. They were just set up like that. And, you know. Yeah, that's true. So that's what I meant by by luck. You have to be lucky enough to meet the right people, to, to be swayed in that direction. I mean, this is all I ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know. We've gone from the ravine to Captain's life story. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> my life story. Yeah. <laughs> Is don't listen to your parents. <laughs> now, see, I didn't have that. I didn't have that experience. Unfortunately, my parents were not like that. Luckily, no, nor mine. Mine always tried to build me up. Yeah. And sometimes I resisted. I mean, sometimes I was a dick. I'll admit. I mean, I was a. I was not an easy kid to raise at times. I was lazy, and I, and I'm not bragging, but early on, sports came pretty easy for me, mm -hmm. and I was lazy. And then by the time I got into later high school, some of that caught up with me, and. My dad always tried to encourage me to work harder, and lots of times I'd say, eh, what do you know? Well, he actually knew a lot, and I didn't yeah. listen. And my brother did listen, and my brother got a scholarship, and I didn't. I mean, I could have went and played smaller schools and what have you, but I mean, my, my brother paid his way to college because of football. I was not able to do that. Yeah. And part of it was I, it was I was my own worst enemy. And I remember Bob. Bob was very focused. Bob was very disciplined. I mean, he was much more like we spent so much time pitching and stuff. He attacked pitching way better than I did. He had a better mind. I just threw. I just pitched and hoped that people missed it and what have you. He, it, it, I, and I see some of the qualities he had back then. I see that now coming out in this. Mm -hmm. And I, and it, in some ways it doesn't surprise me. So, And um, I've never met his wife. I'm anxious. I'm looking forward to meeting his wife and – because it sounds like she had a big part of this, too. And what I thought was pretty neat, Bob didn't hide it. Bob said, he goes, hey, the stuff that I wrote early on was not very good. Mm -hmm. He needed a ghostwriter. Sure. That's why they're out there. That's why, you know, the, I mean, it's hard to put words to paper. It really is, especially if you've never done it before. So, so again, the ravine comes out on in Ankeny on April 2nd, which that's mm -hmm. um, Friday. Friday. God, Friday. It's amazing to think we're, and then tomorrow's April Fool's Day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but no, that was a good discussion. Now, I guess we got this remaining time. Um, we were, had just started to talk a little bit about the big Hawkeye news from yesterday. Um, just, I mean, your thoughts. Well, I, I, I'm not, I thought when he got injured that this time again, that this might be it for him, that he's 
he's had enough crap here that he's going to be ready to move somewhere else. Yeah, and it's his fourth year. And yeah. He's probably graduating. And he saw uh, you know, a guy he came in with, Luca Garza, being the player of the year in the country, and he's rehabbing for the third time. And Luca's moving on. So, yeah, I, could, I don't have any issues. And I, I have to really compliment the Iowa fans, too. They, I mean, they were very complimentary and had nothing but, at least on the um, social media yes. stuff, just very complimentary of Jack and wishing him well. And from a basketball standpoint, this is a big loss. Now, we don't know. I mean, Jack may never be the same again after two knees. Knee surgeries, but I mean, they, this was, and a, he may not have been. A, it, it also shows his decency. I mean, he's moving back to family. Yeah, now if he ends up know. transferring to Nebraska or something, it'll look kind of weird. But I don't think that's going to happen. No, I think like, he wants to be with his mother right now and and take care of, you know, take care of the and family. What, I can't remember what city in Indiana is he from. Newburgh, which is where I have no idea. Um, but I mean, I could see Indiana State. I mean, Indiana's probably going to reach out to him. Hell, half their three-fourths of their rosters in the transfer portal. Indiana needs help any way possible. That will be weird if Jack comes back playing for Indiana. That will be, sure would. That will be a little strange. I saw that Jamari Wheeler is transferring to Ohio State. I just I, – my worst fears about the portal are starting to come through. Yeah, and it, I, it I, may be a good thing for the players, but ultimately – I'm not crazy to see that Jamari Wheeler is going to be the starting point guard for Ohio no. State next year. I just think it's going to create some – awkwardness and some bad feelings that I hopefully won't spill over on the court someday. But It's now, just east of Evansville, Indiana. Yeah, that's right. I knew it was near. Uh, I Ohio. thought it was somewhere down south because his yeah. dad worked at a hospital in Evansville. Yeah. Maybe he can oh, go play he for Lick. Play for Lick. <laughs> he can go play for Lick. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no, he can't play for Lick. Yeah, I people were joking about <laughs> oh that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I bet you Indiana and Purdue are. Oh, I'm sure. I'm they sure will. they're probably interested in him with the portal. Now, all bets are off. You can go wherever. I mean, you, I mean, so I wish him well. It's been tough here for him. And I hope it's Indiana State or something along those lines instead of the Big Ten, but because I don't want to have to pull against him. Yeah, no, I, I really don't want to have to do that. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, you could actually cheer for him to play well in the game and hope that your Hawks win. Yeah, I, I mean, but yeah, we'll see. I just want Jack to be happy. I just want him to be feel safe and secure and if he wants to be around his family that's then he should then he should now but then from a basketball standpoint i always got a roster right now that's in flux i mean bohannon is uh he's he's not gonna well he said the only way he comes back is if that legislation's passed and it's not going to be passed especially by thursday tomorrow so if that if that's the case he's a hell of a promoter Oh, he is. Yeah. I think a lot of that was an attention grab, which is fine. I mean, he's more power to him. He's trying to push his brand. I get yeah. it. Yeah. And But I just, the thing when I heard him, the first thing I thought of when he announced that he may come back is, oh, God, I wonder what Joe Toussaint, Aaron Euless, and all the other point guards are trying to recruit think about that. Because there's, everyone's like, oh, we need everyone to come back. Well, there's fallout from that, too. Mm-hmm. And so, but no, I do not expect him to be back at this stage because I don't expect that. Now maybe he'll move the crossbars again. Maybe he'll come back and say, well, I'm still going to come back. I'm still going to come back because I think he obviously would like to break the Big Ten three-point field goal record. But if you do that in your sixth season, that loses some of its um, credibility, I would say. It does. And I was a little disappointed at some of the reactions underneath Jordan's um, his posts, I mean, some of them were just really nasty. I know it's Twitter, but my God. I mean, yeah, I saw Some it. of the things people say are just, it's just so nasty. Yeah, they're a-holes. Yeah. yeah. No, it was not, uh, I did not enjoy reading the comments. No, so yeah, I skipped over those, but it's, I mean, it's, uh, they're, they're pushing for this image likeness. I, 
I hope it comes to be, but I just haven't seen a lot of momentum for it from a legislative standpoint. I, I, I don't know if it's ever going to pass, but I definitely don't think it's going to pass tomorrow. Are they even going to vote on it tomorrow? I don't think they are. are they? I, I don't think I so. I don't think so. I, that's what I found really odd about it. Yeah, I don't think it's he's even... A, you know, he's just a, he's a promoter, and I'll bet not any amount of money, but some amount of money that he'll end up on a network on one of the cable channels or something. Doing what, like an anchorman? Uh, or like a sideline reporter? Sideline. Well, not a... I'm not no, sure I that's, think he'll, I mean, end up, he'll end up being one of the anchors. Like Ben Brust or Jess yeah. Edelman? No, I think he'll end up getting into some type of politics or promotion agent type stuff. Marketing. I, I see that because I don't think he's even majoring in journalism. I, I could be wrong. I see him getting into more like pol- political promotion. Or, or marketing. Or yeah. marketing, something like that. Yeah. Or... But I mean, he's a smart kid. Oh, yeah, without question. And he wants to, he really has taken a, an interest in this image and likeness type thing. And so we'll see. But like I said, from a roster standpoint, the roster's really in flux right now. It, it really is. And it's going to, I think the only option is the portal. And well, I think absolutely. But like I said, there's not a lot to choose from for what they need. You don't want to just bring a bad big man in here just because he's big. There's no point in doing that. You need to get the right pieces. So we'll see what happens. But I'll tell you, one thing they won't have next year is expectations outside. No, that's true. Because they're not going to – I'm guessing they'll be a middle-of-the-pack team without knowing what's going to happen in the portal. I'm not saying that I think they're going to be a bad team or whatever, but they're not going to be – I mean, this year they were ranked number five preseason. It's going to be a lot different. I mean – it could completely different. And there still could be more roster shuffle. Who, who knows? Well, Weezy could come back. Possible. Yeah, but I'm not hearing anything to suggest. No, that's I Nothing. haven't either. Nothing. The more I talk to people, the more I hear he is gone. But like I said, until it happens, you never say never. But I have not heard anyone give me any reason to think that he's staying. From what I've heard from people that are closer to him yes. than I certainly am. Yeah. So I'm just repeating what I've heard, and I'm not the only media person saying that. It's... I think most of us in the media believe that he is has moved on. So we'll see. It will be interesting to see how Fran handles this. I mean, I guarantee you Fran's not panicking. And but they're gonna have to they better hope that Josh Agundalay makes some huge improvements during this offseason. They better hope that Keegan Murray and Chris Murray, they need their young guys. That, well, if Josh is our starter at the at the five, I think we've got some problems. Unless he makes great improvements huge this summer. Yeah, we strides. I mean, I, mean I, I don't know. I mean but I just don't think Akeem Olajuwon's coming through the transfer portal anytime but soon. Probably not. And like I said, the biggest centers out there, the biggest name ones, so far have not shown any interest in Iowa. And Miles um, Johnson, like I said, it looks like he is going to Stanford. Mm-hmm. And boy, would he fit nice at Iowa next year? He'd be. But ideal. I can completely understand why he would go to Stanford over Iowa. He's from California. I mean, um, I know we think Iowa is the greatest place in the world, and. But I don't know if everyone shares our opinion. Well, uh, most Cali- don't. He's from California. He's from Long Beach, California, yeah. and he's a brain. He's an incredibly smart student. And um, sounds like he wants to go to Stanford. I mean, Stanford's... He wants to end up, I think, in Silicon Valley, doesn't he? Oh, I would, probably, without question. And good for him. And he could all, he's probably going to play in the NBA, too. He's a good enough player defensively. I think he could make an NBA roster to, you know, to, to help finance anything he wants to do after basketball. So, but yeah, yesterday was, a, it was just weird. And it was weird, you know, Bohannon had that stage and then all of a sudden Nungy's now comes out uh-huh. and it's like you just kind of push Bohannon's thing aside. 
And it was just, I, I wonder if, I'm, I'm guessing Jordan had no idea Jack was going to announce that. Because I, I know it took Iowa basketball by surprise. And there was no rumors about Nungy. The rumors are Toussaint and Frederick. Those are the rumors that keep persisting, and maybe something will happen. But I think if Jordan does move on, I think Joe Toussaint's odds of staying here would increase. I would, I would certainly think so. so. We'll just have to wait and see how this stuff plays out. I just want all these guys to find something that makes them happy and fulfilled. Yeah. So and and Do they think it's the portal will get up to fifteen hundred guys. I've ultimately? read that they're projecting that's kind of where it's going to cap out. It's about fifteen hundred. Wow. Well, yeah, there's three hundred and twenty-seven. Isn't there 327 Division One basketball teams, something like that, times, let's say, what's 327 well, times? Well, almost five per team. Well, um, there's, yeah. Of course, there's, there's other divisions. There's 13 scholarships on teams. So, yeah, that's a, there's about, what, 4,000 scholarships? I mean, it's like a, yeah, it's almost like a third of, of every roster is in the portal now. And I, when I saw the Jamari Wheeler thing, I'm like, I just don't like that transferring within conference. But, you know, we loved it when Utah came here from Wisconsin. And loved it when Sam Oakey came. Loved it when Sam Oakey came and played in like five Luke or six Recker. games. Luke Recker. So, yeah. Um, it's, the only thing different about that is they did have to sit out. I mean, there, yeah. there, there was more loopholes now. It's just, it's just the wild, wild west. You can go wherever you want now. And I think this is what coaches feared. And, so we'll see. I mean, Penn State's, they can get transferred. I mean, watch Dwayne Washington transfer to Penn State. You, you have these guys just <laughs> flipping rosters. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yes, it will. And, yeah, but I, I don't think there's any question that we – I mean, we all thought we needed another big guy before Nunji announced that he was leaving. So now the need is tr tremendous. Oh, without question. And, like I said, there's a lot of it – there's not a lot to choose from. No, no, there's, no. There's really not. I mean, there's a lot of players in the portal, but that doesn't mean that there's a lot of answers in the portal. No. Especially for what Iowa needs. So we're just going to have to wait and see how things play out. And I have a feeling we're going to hear a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of Luca Garza news as far as awards and stuff this week. I, I'm so prepared for that. It's almost to the point now where I'm just numb to the awards for him. I mean, it's, I love each award, but it's like, okay, what's next? He's just earned so He's earned them. Yeah, he's earned them all, but it's just almost like, God, it's just yeah. like one after another. It's like they don't really affect me anymore. It's like, okay, stuff that I would never have imagined an Iowa player earning, he's done it so often now I almost take it for granted, which mm -hmm. is kind of unusual, but that's a, that's a compliment to Luca. Remember that song, My Name is Luca? My of name course. Is. God, I hated that song. I live on the second floor. Who sings that? Suzette Vega. Vega. Terrible song. Can we agree? No. <laughs> No, it's Gee, the greatest. Imagine song. that. One of the greatest songs. Imagine us ever. not agreeing on music. It's a song about child abuse. Yeah. So I think the message was yeah, pretty a, solid. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I don't. Did I love it musically? No, not necessarily. My no. name is Luca. Isn't that how it starts? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I didn't know it was about child abuse because I, I never made it through far enough to. <laughs> to know. Now that I know it's about child abuse, I'm, I, I, so was she. She was. Uh, was she a victim of it? Uh, yeah, basically. Was she? If you hear something late at night, some kind of troublesome kind of fight. Okay, yeah, see, I just I, don't I, tell. Me. I, I, you know, I hear horror stories about stuff like that, and I, I just. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Got a good beat. It's easy to dance to. What year did this come out? No one of them.
The Bengals. Uh-uh. Okay. All right. All right. Now to be now to be fair. Oh. I thought you were gonna actually play "Money" by Pink Floyd. No. So now what is this? Break my stride? Yes. Yeah. This is the one. This is the one. You're just killing. This one would have driven me out of music if I had I heard it at a younger age. <laughs> Is this a man or woman singing? God. It's a man. That's a man? Yeah, Matthew. Wild. <laughs> Matthew. I'm going to have to go home and cleanse. <laughs> Wish you were here probably twice. May have to hear it twice at full volume. Hello. Good morning, Captain Steve and Pat Hardy and Thomas Michael Suter. Hi, here's, Southern Justin. Here's the story of inspiration. Pat, you missed yesterday. What did what, what, I miss? Oh, wow. Fill me in. Yeah, uh, so you went, <laughs> your gal uh, and you and her husband and her uh, ch- uh, children went uh, go-karting. Right? Yep, we we all went and go karting. Me, yeah, my girlfriend and her ex husband and her her kids. Yeah, and, and then you did you eat it all together? Or? Yes, I did. I ate at in we ate in Peoria, Illinois. We ate at uh, at Olive Garden. Yeah, huh. and then it, you went. Well, why are you and her husband together? And then you you're also sleeping in the house, right? Yep. So you guys and both do. He, can I ask her if you, uh, can we ask him if they're both doing her? Can we say that on the radio? I, I you just no, did. He, no, he's he's he sleeps on the couch, and she's she sleeps by herself. So they're not doing they're not doing no bang bang or anything like that. So nobody's doing each other, but you're all in the same house. But yeah. No, Justin's getting some boom boom. Oh, so you're getting some boom boom without the husband knowing? No, the husband. But, but he's uh, but he's not. See. I'm getting the boom boom, but he's not. <laughs> and not only that, yeah, I think there's a little bit of jealousy going on. But, <laughs> oh, but I can see really, why. Man. I, I don't think he really. Might, he, we get along. It's it's a it's a strange thing, Pat Hardy. Oh, oh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for describing. And Pat, the, the part that was omitted, the ex husband paid for everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, he paid for our he paid for our meal at Olive Garden. Hell, I can't find any boom boom, and this guy's got someone paying him to do boom boom on that. Yeah. In his house. It must be the power of the menus. That's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> he has manifested this situation. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do the menus, and then I'm, then I'm going to go do some soul searching. Well, no, really. What? How does this well, fit in with your Catholic upbringing? <laughs> well, today, for the Iowa City schools, they are having today spaghetti with beef sauce. Egg and cheese omelet, English muffin, Spanish salad, fresh Spanish salad, dragon peach, banana, grape, jelly, and strawberry jelly. I like the spaghetti with beef sauce. Me too. Yeah, and I love to wash it down with an omelet on the side. What a weird combination. That was was for the Iowa City schools, not for Regina Catholic School. Italian... Italian 
chicken sandwich, baked beans, and assorted fruit. And brunch in Iowa schools, they are we are on spring break this week, the rest of this week, and that's lunch menus on the mighty sixteen thirty. KCJJ. So you think there's some jealousy? I think there's a lot of jealousy, but he he's allowing me and me and her to do the boom boom. So <laughs> So does he hear and listen to you guys? No, he's he he snores loud, so he doesn't really hear us. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. All right. All righty then. Okay. And that's lunch menus on Hawks Fanatic on the mighty sixteen thirty. KCJJ. Here's a question. Think, All right. think if Bob decided, hey, you know, I'm going to watch, the, I'm going to listen to the rest of the show. What do you think he's thinking right now? Saying, I'm never, boy, what has Hardy got himself <laughs> into? No, I always thought Pat was a little strange, but man, I never knew he was going to go down this road. <laughs> Good. Well, time wise, guys, the time has run out on us here. Hey, I, it's funny. Is this it's, a I'm, good thing? Yesterday I tweeted, I go for this walk. I go, for, <laughs> I do a walk most mornings. It takes me down Friendly Avenue. Uh-huh. And there's this cat, this gold cat that almost always, bad weather, sitting outside. And he, he's midway through my walk. And what he does when he sees me coming now, he gets off. He sits on this bench right outside his house. Mm-hmm. He sees me coming now. He gets up. He stretches. And then he walks down the sidewalk and greets me. And I like yesterday I went and I you know I petted and then he follows me for like two houses and then he sits down and watches me walk away. And I took a picture of him yesterday and tweeted about it and then some girl, some lady Helen Spielbauer just tweeted, "That's my brother's cat. His name is Scratch." <laughs> and see that it's funny. I mean, like, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a walk again today and I'm going to be like, "Hey Scratch," and he'll come out and you know, watch if I take my hand it's off. It's a friend, friendly cat. It's just a, it's a and it's 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 on Friendly Avenue. Yeah. Too. The Friendly Cat is on Friendly Avenue. So, do you think the owner of the cat is uh, jealous? No, I've met him. I met him before. I mean, because he's always out working on his pickup truck, and I'll walk by and I'm like, "Man, I love your cat." And he's like, "Oh, it's it's his." He always says, "Oh, he runs the house." This is his. it's just a really cool cat, and it's just kind of neat. Seeing, and I used to see him sitting out in bad weather. It'd be cold out, and he'd still be out. This cat would be out, and he's. I think he's gotten used to me because when I first started doing, he wouldn't walk up. Now mm-hmm. he sees me, and he. Comes up and it's just it's just yeah, kind of cool. cool and it's just, you know then i realized oh, god i still have two and a half miles name scratch scratch so now today when I, i'm like hey scratch, scratch. And, and he'll know that i know his name and it was just kind of neat maybe you and the cat and the family can go go-karting <laughs> and then who do i have sex with <laughs> well that's that's your problem <laughs> do, do you scratch where it itches yeah you wouldn't be the first. Are you guys ever going to have the husband on your show? No, that's got Hey Lang written oh all over it, doesn't it? Yeah, Tommy, that's up to you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Ball's in your court. Hey, get him on next Wednesday. We work together. <laughs> next Wednesday morning. And so, what, what, so what do you do when you hear um, Southern working your woman over? Is that the first question you ask him? <laughs> God. That's... This troubling. Is, this is supposed to be a Hawkeye podcast. It is troubling. <laughs> Disturbing, troubling. The end to this program and today in some is ways, troubling. Though, in some ways, though, it's the American dream, too. Isn't it? <laughs> American okay. dream is troubling? Yes. Thanks again to Bob Pascuzzi for being our guest. And remember, Friday we have Bobby Hansen at 9.15 and Larry Lee, Spencer Lee's father, at 10. So we're not going to have a lot of time for regression Friday, but I'm, 
We don't need. We're like a, a basketball player who gets their shot off quick. True. We don't need that much. You watch. We have Larry Lee on from maybe ten to ten twenty. By ten thirty, we're God knows. Oh, we'll be in the in the sewer. <laughs> yeah, I will say they finally they caught the person who attacked that elderly Asian woman. Yes. He yeah. shouldn't have been out. Good. He should. He he. Had, I think he had killed his mom. Like killed yes. his mother. He shouldn't have been out. Piece of crap. They should throw away the key. I know innocent Absolutely. until... Absolutely. And the, luckily, the three people that shut the door and were cowards, they've been suspended by the company. No one went out there to... Yeah, he was a big dude, but still, I would like to think in that situation, I'd be out there. I'm like, what the hell are you well, doing, yeah. dude? No. Yeah. They, shut, was, they shut the like door. They shut the door, and they've been suspended, so good. And I mean, this well, they'll stuff, be fired. This random violence crap has got to end, it's man. Ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Well, and this, this George Floyd... Uh, uh, trial. If he's not found guilty, the the defense's arguments are ridiculous because you have video. What I thought was weird. That's we all problem. saw it. What I thought was weird, though, was that the defense did not object when the one guy said, "I witnessed a murder." They let that stay in the well. You are testimony. I mean, yeah. when you've got the video, he's trying to make like the crowd was angry and yeah, one of them was seven years old. Yeah, I mean, they're showing it's not a crowd. Number one. I don't think he's going to get second-degree murder. I think they'll. I think they'll do some type of compromise. Is my prediction. Well, time will tell. And yeah. uh, but do you think manslaughter will be enough to prevent riots? No, no. I think third degree might. Yeah. I think it's going to have to have the word murder in the sentence for there not to be riots. I'm not passing judgment. I mean, I've already made up my mind. I. It looked like. I know that they say fentanyl. All that. It Anyone looked, who saw that video. You know, let's. You can be, have drugs in your system. Yes, yes. And not you know, die. it's like COVID. Yes. It's like, you know, okay, he they had they said, well, he had cancer too. Is that well, it makes no difference. You can live a long time with cancer. You can live a long time with drugs in your system. Yes, you can. You know the EMT's testimony was pretty strong. The yeah. the ambulance she yeah. wanted to help yeah. and it was pretty strong. So I just hope there's not riots. I just hope justice is served. And I hope it's not political, but it's going to be political. Everything in this freaking country right now is political. And with that. <laughs> We're going to end on that? End on that. Hopefully, Friday, in addition to the two interviews that we're going to have, maybe we'll have some good basketball news for you. Wouldn't that be great? Like what? Well, I don't know. Transfer? Oh, um, yeah, I don't know if it'll happen. But I think we'll have Luca Garza news. from Luca Garza come back for uh, another year? That would be good news. That ain't happening. No. No, what we're going to have is Luke, more Luca awards is, yes. are coming out. Yeah, I think I he's going to so. win a few more really big awards this week. So, Okay, uh, hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.